Hello, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful day today, this fine Saturday. We have Bradley here from the War of Rights Development team to answer a bunch of questions that you, the community, have put forth. We had over 313 responses, about 350 questions in total that we've gone through, and we've condensed it down a lot so that we can get a lot of your questions answered. I appreciate it a lot. Um, so with that being said, please like, comment, share, subscribe for more. Go to the link in the description. Join us on Discord. Support us on Patreon. You can get behind-the-scenes videos and videos before everyone else. On top of that, you can join this Discord call that we're in right now and uh, listen live and chat with other people in the Discord call or, of course, the YouTube live stream chat. So with that all being said, uh, Bradley, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, sure. Well, first, thanks for having me on. Uh, my name is Bradley. I'm a PhD student in history, and uh, I'm also a video game developer. For, for anybody that doesn't know, Campfire Games were the creator of War of Rights. It's a historical first-person shooter set during the Maryland Campaign of 1862. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate you being on here a lot. Uh, it'll mean a lot to myself and plenty of other people in the community as we all have a bunch of questions that I want answered. So with that being said, the, how this is going to work today is we're going to start with some personal questions from Bradley, kind of warm things up, see who is Bradley. And then we will start with smaller things in the game, like horses, artillery, map creation, and then kind of go out to the broader scale questions of War of Rights. So with that being said, we're going to have some personal questions here from Bradley. Uh, so what brought you uh, into the developer team for War of Rights? Uh, well, I, I don't know if my story is uh, unique for Campfire Games, but uh, I was actually a player before I was a developer uh, of War of Rights. Um, I think I first got into the game December 2017, thereabouts. I was perusing YouTube and saw a video, uh, like a channel by this guy named uh, General Cody HD, and uh, saw his videos of War of Rights, fell in love with it. I had to get it, uh, so I got on the crowdfunder, and I just kind of incrementally uh, uh, increased my, my pledge. Uh, I was, a, I think, a brigadier general pledge of the game, uh, so I, I was a player first. That's kind of an important part of my story. Um, that way I can blame the other devs about stuff that happened before I was here, right? Um, but my, my, my job is uh, first as a texture artist, and that kind of started uh, as a freelance. I remember I spawned in, I think it was at uh, the Orchard as an 8th Florida Infantry um, flag bearer. I saw the flag and I thought this could be a lot better. Um, and so I submitted my own texture to Campfire Games uh, and they accepted it. And that kind of began this uh, short career as a freelance artist. I had uh, different uh, clans in the community commission me to do flags and then we would donate that flag to Campfire Games uh, until finally uh, CG just said, look, we're going to bring you on uh, onto the team. So that's how I got started. That is, that's pretty cool to hear. I myself as well, General Cody, he, I saw his videos that got me interested in the game. It's great. So what feature of War of Rights do you like the most? Ah, uh, that, that's such a tough one. Um, you know, as a Civil War historian, for me, what's important is accuracy, and when we can't 
uh, do accuracy than at least authenticity. Uh, so for me, my favorite feature is just spawning in as a common infantryman and getting a glimpse of what, uh, you know, linear combat in the Civil War must have been like. And of course, we only have a, a fraction of an idea of what it was like, the smoke and uh, just the horror of the shells going off and, you know, mini balls buzzing overhead. That, that's my favorite feature is we're, we're trying to get as close as we can uh, to that experience. So you mentioned that you made flags. So what's the process of making these historical flags and how long does it take to make them? Well, um, it begins uh, with research. Um, you know, we're, we're actually really fortunate, uh, Americans, to have... By the way, I'm not Danish, if, if you didn't notice. Um, uh, we're very fortunate here in the States. We have a, a lot of Civil War flags that are still extant. Um, there are archives in different states that hold uh, sometimes dozens, sometimes hundreds of Civil War flags. So step one for me when we identify a regiment that needs a flag is I go to the archives uh, and hope uh, that they will have a flag from the Maryland campaign of 1862 or before. Um, and if they do, then normally there's a pretty tedious process of getting in touch with the curators and um, there's licensing agreements to acquire high resolution images. And then I have to sometimes explain uh, what it is that I do as a, as a video game developer. Um, you know, what I do is art, and there's a different license agreement for art than there is to simply take a picture of an artifact and, uh, you know, put it on the cover of a book. Uh, so it's a, it's a long process. Um, matter of fact, I've been working with, uh, I want to say, Wisconsin now for, I guess, three months, just trading emails uh, to kind of figure out what it is uh, we need and, uh, and what we need to do to get it. Um, but yeah, research comes first. If there isn't an extant flag, then I have to look around for any period photographs or uh, sometimes there might be, say, an etching or something, maybe in Harper's Weekly that features the flag. It's a long process to, to try to verify what flag might have been carried by a regiment at any given uh, time and then narrow it down to the Maryland campaign. That makes it even more, uh, more challenging. Um, if I can't find anything at all, um, as far as an illustration or, or an actual artifact, then I go into the regimental histories and look for clues as to what they may have carried. Uh, sometimes a regimental history will say, uh, that, uh, you know, we received a, a beautiful blue stand of colors on one side was the state coat of arms and on the other side was the federal coat of arms. Little descriptions like that may mean very little to some people, uh, but to someone that's studied in vexillology and the study of flags, I can almost visualize what that should look like. Um, sometimes there might be just a single sentence in a diary or a newspaper. Uh, a couple of examples of that. Uh, the uh, uh, Wheats Tigers, I think it was the uh, Tiger Rifleman. There's one fraction of a sentence that says that they had a flag with a cajoling lamb, and above it, as it says, as gentle as. Uh, so that's all I had to work with. And so the flag that you see for Weeds Tigers, that baby blue flag with the lamb, it's based on a description, but only a minor description. Um, 
Another example would be uh, the Eighth Alabama Stars and Bars. The only uh, thing that we have for that is a nurse. Her name is Kate Cumming. Uh, she wrote a letter, or maybe it's a diary entry. I, I don't remember uh, where she says that it's a you know a Confederate flag, and on the stars and bars is a portrait of George Washington, and on the reverse is uh, some kind of Irish uh, iconography. So, uh, so that's the research. And do do I need to go into how to actually create it? The like. Uh, the the artwork side. Does anybody care? <laughs> I mean, if you want to, I, I doesn't matter to me. Okay, yeah. So, um, all all of my flags are basically a 4K resolution. They're they're very high resolution. Um, if you were to zoom in, you would see that every single stitch just about is hand drawn uh, into the flag. I spend a lot of time. You asked how long. Um, a lot of a lot of hours is is kind of the the short answer for that. Uh, what's really uh, heartbreaking is sometimes I will have so many layers of textures that uh, my Photoshop just crashes, even with autosave. Um, there will be times when I'll lose uh, forty minutes worth of work uh, because the the flag size is so huge. I mean, we're talking about uh, one of my PSD files is over a gig for just a simple battle flag. Wow, that that's crazy. Who knew that such a simple thing like a flag could take so many hours of work and research? That's amazing to hear. That's very cool. Out of all the flags you've made in War of Rights, what's your favorite one? Oh, that's a tough one. I get asked that all the time, and I, I think I always change my answer. Um, right now, I'm loving the flags carried uh, mostly by New York regiments, um, made by a company called Tiffany and Company. It's still excellent. It's in New York City. Uh, those flags are fully embroidered, and they are beautiful. Um, there's another uh, company in New York that did flags um, by uh, Ball and Black and Sons, I think it is called. I, I can't remember. They're kind of a competitor to Tiffany and Company. And uh, if you remember the, uh, I think it's the 52nd New York, the scarlet flag on one side and then on the other side it's sort of an ivory cream with a, a lady riding on a bald eagle that is a that is a flag by a lady named francisca klein and it is just beautiful it it is still excellent the new york state museum has it and uh i think right now that's my favorite also one of the the hardest ones that i had to do it took the longest amount of time yeah that's fair so let's start start getting into questions of War of Rights. Obviously, the most pressing issue, about a third of the Google Form responses that I had were about horses. So is there an ETA on horses, or is it still it's going to get done when it gets done? Yeah, our, our policy is we'll never give an ETA. Um, I don't even give ETAs on flags. Um, it's just... It's not uh, it's not good for business to predict when you'll have something done because uh, any kind of hiccup can set us back for uh, you know a good amount of time. I, I remember one time I, I told somebody I was going to have a correction to a flag, you know, probably in a, a few days for the next patch, and I didn't get it done on time, and I got called a liar for it. You know, just making a, a small adjustment. Um, so yeah, we don't give ETAs, and and especially on something like horses, the amount of work involved is uh, staggering to me. I'm not a programmer. I'm not a coder. 
Uh, I don't work in animation. Um, I don't have a whole lot to do with the horses. I've, I've ridden the, the, the horse. Um, but yeah, we're not, we're not ready for an ETA. And the, the horses will be here soon, is what I've been saying for the last, uh, what, two years, I guess. Yeah, no, that's entirely fair and understandable. Are you able to say, uh, progress-wise, how far have horses gone? Um, you know, it, it's funny what, what I saw, I thought, man, this looks amazing, you know, um, but there's a lot involved mechanically speaking, uh, because we're not just going to have horses, um, you know, for the officers to sit on top of and look pretty, right? Uh, the horse is going to be, you know, functional vehicles, so to speak. They're going to be uh, dragging limbers and guns around, um, there's so much involved that I have very little to do with. Um, they looked really good to me. Um, so I, I don't know if that answers the question. Oh, I mean, you know what you know. That's fair enough. So what are the current issues, if you know, what are the current issues and challenges that uh, the team is facing when it comes to implementing this in the game? Like any big specific ones? Well, um you know, I, I spy on their chat and uh, try to make sense of the things that they're, they're, you know, they're dealing with uh, out of my own personal curiosity. And most of it, I don't understand at all. Every once in a while, they'll, they'll post an illustration of the issue and, and then I can look at it and say, oh, okay, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be at liberty to, to detail their, their issues because I don't understand half of their lingo. Yeah, that is fair. So some questions that I got were, how is Calvary going to work in the game? Uh, so, for example, uh, let me see here. So is there going to be like a cap to how many horses are there on a map? If like a player dies, will their horse just like roam around the battlefield? Can people hop on it? Like how many shots will it take to kill a horse? Stuff like that. How much do you know about that or how much are you allowed to say? Um, all of those are really good questions. And, uh, kind of what I would say is I would encourage you guys in the community to speculate on that yourselves. Right. Um, I, I think that can be really useful as a developer to see, you know, what are people thinking, uh, as to how this is going to work? Um, I can't give any kind of details about, you know, what happens, uh, how many bullets it takes to kill a horse, that sort of thing. I can't go there, but uh, I would encourage y'all, uh, you know, talk about that, speculate about it. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll watch. So is there a good place to do that? Just the War of Rights community discord? Is that the best place to talk about ideas and such? Yeah, our uh, our community discord, and we've been thinking about maybe setting up a, a channel for uh, suggestions that would be threaded look i i don't know how to use discord except to post memes and comments uh but uh we're talking about maybe setting up our discord so that we could talk about that without having it interrupted with you know regular day kind of discussion yeah, that is fair uh so that's generally all the questions we have about horses uh so we're going to move on to map creation now shepherdstown's been talked about for a long time 
Do you have any idea of the progress of Shepherdstown? Uh, we're kind of at, uh, I guess you would say, the conceptual stage. Um, over here on my desk, I've got a book uh, about cement mills at Shepherd's, uh, Shepherdstown, which is fully illustrated, uh, has photographs of the mill. Uh, so I guess we're at the concept slash early research stage. Um, it, it's uh, below horses in terms of priority, so we, we won't get there yet. That's fair. Another possible priority was the map creator. Uh, we've seen a little bit about it. So what's the progress with the map creator? I have nothing on that. Not a thing. I, I don't even uh, I don't even peek in on what they're talking about for that. So sorry, I, I can't I can't say uh, anything about map editor. Hey, no, that's perfectly fine. Um, cool. So one question is that we've had the same what thirty three some maps for the past couple years now. Have the devs talked about adding new skirmish maps to each of the three map packs that we currently have? Because obviously there are many skirmish maps that are ahistorical, stuff that didn't happen. A lot of the Harper's Ferry maps didn't happen. Uh, has there ever been talk of adding new skirmish areas uh, to increase replayability? We haven't really talked about that just yet. Just because, you know, our, our focus is on, uh, you know, getting horses out and uh, other things going on too. Um, what I would like to see just as a player talking here is even if we didn't have brand new skirmish areas, uh, it would be kind of nice, wouldn't it to sort of reframe the spawn areas, just sort of shifted a few degrees left to right. I think uh, in a lot of cases, you know, say for Dunker church, if we kind of expanded it just a little bit or, or rotated it a little bit more West, what would that look like? How would it play? Uh, that'd be kind of neat and it wouldn't require maybe a whole lot of work uh, for the team. Yeah, that's that's great. That answered another one of my questions as well. So one one last question about maps and their creation and such. So as of now, Antietam, the in-game map, it's the full battle of Antietam. The in-game maps, they're all scrunched together, but there's a lot of area in between maps that aren't in the in-game map. Is there any plan to make a one-to-one -one scale of Antietam, and is there a possibility to have a mode where you could just have a battlefield tour, walk around without being shot at? We know really early on, if I remember right, uh, way back in, in the crowdfunding days, I think uh, CG had talked about, you know, kind of a walking battlefield tour type thing, or maybe the community was just asking for that. Uh, I remember that a long time ago, you know, three, four years ago. Um, I don't know if that's technically possible, but I think it'd be really neat uh, to uh, roam around the, the battlefield and, and just kind of see things uh, uh, without having to worry about being counted out of line or, or, or being shot by, by somebody. Um, I think that'd be really neat. But as far as uh, a battlefield one-to-one -one scale, I don't know if that's technically possible. I, I don't know. Is it due to limitations with CryEngine, or is it just not a priority? I would say a little. It's probably a hardware thing. Um, 
But again, we optimize. Uh, every update has had just incredible optimization. Um, but this is all speculative for me. I, I, I really don't know. It, it wouldn't be a priority, I would think, anytime soon. No, I'd agree. I appreciate the optimization updates. It makes uh, spectating battles a little a little nicer to look at in the grand scheme of things. So speaking of spectator, uh, a couple questions I had was when you're in spectator mode, the out-of-bounds of the map still applies to the spectator. Has there been any thought of removing that out-of-bounds for spectators so spectators can see charges better? Because, like, for example, on Bloody Lane, Sunken Lane, that map, Union will generally spawn in, go to their left, charge at the CSA on the CSA far right. And if the spectator cam tries to go to the left, any amount from the Union uh, point of view, the specter cam is out of bounds. It pops up, and you can't see the charge that well. Is there any thought of removing the out of bounds for spectators? I, I basically I want to do anything that makes uh, spectator more uh, attractive. And so, uh, if if we were able to somehow expand out of bounds for the uh, spectator, uh, we've also talked about uh, how can we improve the UI features uh, for people like yourself, Eagle, that uh, you know have. Uh, this kind of um, this whole network geared towards spectator view. Um, I was one of the main uh, people on the team that was really pushing uh, for those camera options, for example. Um, I'd like to see that even more robust than it is now. So, yeah, I, I think that's a possibility for sure. Cool. One, one other recommendation I have is... Um... When artillery is taken over by the other team, that message just pops up on your screen. Even if you have no HUD off or, or HUD turned off, that artillery stuff still pops up. So that's just something yeah, I wanted to say. I, I have actually that exact issue. I've, I've <laughs> made a note of that to, to hopefully get that out of there. So cool. Um, so we're going to switch over to G portal servers in the admin panel server settings. So, is there any plans to add a more diverse weather system into server admin control? What I mean by that is can the admins turn on snow, make it humid, or stuff like that? Is there any plan for that? I wouldn't be able to speak on the, the G portal thing, but uh, again, we're, we're definitely interested in what the community wants. So. So yeah, some other some other recommendations I received for the server settings for admins of servers is they want more options. Like for example, being able to change the ticket ratios of each side on a certain map. On top of that, being able to switch spawns. So like on Dunker Church, have CSA spawn where USA is, and then have CSA attack. Just a change of scenery. Uh, those changes are stuff recommended by community members like myself. Um, another question. I did have is so G portal. It costs a lot to get a server, a 200 player server for a year, which I'm pretty sure you can get 300 man from buying a 200 man server. If you contact G portal, but buying a 200 player server costs 1,150 bucks for a year. Has there been any, any talk uh, for trying to find a way to decrease those prices? I, I wouldn't be any part of those discussions at all. Fair enough. So, uh, last question I had about servers. So, when you hop on the game, if you want to join a server that's full, it just kind of says you can't join 
whatever. Is there any thought to adding a queue system similar to Hell at Loose? Yeah, that's something I've kind of uh, kind of complained about to the team. Uh, uh, just recently, we hit a 400 max, and uh, I couldn't get in. I was I was livid that I could not get in to watch, uh, you know, a 400 player match. But um, yeah, I, I've I've forwarded that as a suggestion that I've heard quite a bit. Um, so that's something that uh, our programmers have at least gotten on their desk to look at. <laughs> That is cool to hear. So uh, now going on to character customization, uh, how how do you do character customization stuff that often? Because you do a lot of flag stuff. Uh, do you mess with the character customization, setting all that up that often? So I'm not um, the guy that does the setups, um, but I have been pretty active, I guess, in, in suggesting uh, what sort of apparel should appear on particular regiments and that sort of thing. So character customization, the rollout's been kind of slow with it. We normally get one or two regiments per update. Is there any reason why does it just take a long time to make sure a private or I guess any rank in a specific regiment has all the proper gear that you can choose from? Yeah, uh, we it slowed down uh, for sure, and I, I think what it is really is it's just uh, you know it's kind of one person working customization, and uh, you know that that's a that's a tough task, and to also have to juggle other priorities too. Um, it, it's been it's been slow, but uh, hopefully we have a, a a bit more pretty soon. Yeah, and. Kind of going off course a little bit. Is there campfire games? How many people are on the team? Oh, I think there's maybe ten people. Uh, I don't. I don't know the exact number. Do you know why campfire games hasn't tried to expand more? Because I know people in the community have offered help even for free, and it's been rejected numerous times. Is it just a vision that you guys have that you want to make sure happens, or? Why won't you expand? Well, you know, I, I can't speak to uh, hiring decisions. One thing that I do really appreciate about Campfire Games, though, is uh, that you're right. Um, CG generally does not accept uh, people offering to do work for free. Um, you know, they want to pay people for their work, and that's something that I really appreciate. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't speak to... Uh, why we haven't expanded, uh, you know, I'm sure there's budgetary concerns. We're not, uh, we're not a studio the size of EA where we can have, you know, 400 people working on horses. That would be, that'd be a crazy world if that were to happen. But no, that, that's totally un uh, understandable. Going back to character customization, though, artillery doesn't have any customization. Uh, any, ET I shouldn't say ETA, but... Uh, are there any plans to release customization for artillery battery soon? Uh, yes. Yeah, soon. Fair. <laughs> um, so are there anything else that you guys are planning on adding to character customization? So there's options to edit like your hat or like what your jacket and stuff. Will there any will there be any more options for customization like jacket buttons and stuff like that? 
Yeah, I, I suspect it will be expanded uh, quite a bit. Um, I, I think it'll be uh, expanded quite a bit. That, that's all I'm at liberty to say right now. <laughs> cool. So uh, let's switch over to artillery. Um, is Campfire Games, uh, from your knowledge, happy with how artillery is in the game right now? Uh, well, if you're inviting me to gripe about it, um, you know, look, our artillery is uh, still under development. Um, there's a lot of things that, that need to be added and that are in various stages of development. Uh, for example, everybody knows that those guns need uh, rear sights, right? Um, there's a lot of little things like that. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're working on it. Cool. Um, so one question is a lot of the artillery placements on mini maps are not great. Is there any thought to changing the location of where certain batteries are? Um, like I think Eastwood skirmish union battery. It's, it's pretty bad. Um, it's not the greatest. Are there any plans to rework where guns are located? Yeah, I don't think we're. You know, I don't think we're fixed on the on the deployment zones on any map, really. Uh, we're, we're always open to suggestions, and uh, what is normally pretty persuasive to us is if there's a simple historical fact um, that we have something in the wrong place, we put it kind of low on the priority to address it, but, you know, we want to know about those things. And also in terms of gameplay, if a battery is in a horrible position, you know, we want to fix that eventually. Yeah. Fortunately, the community has an advocate uh, for artillery uh, in me on the team because I, I mostly play artillery. You definitely need pro-artillery people uh, as one who is not the biggest fan of it. You need both sides. So uh, some more questions. Cannons and caissons can be flipped over, whether it be rolling on rocks kind of weird or getting hit by enemy artillery. Is there any thought to giving a way to players to flip them back over? Uh, you know, I, I think it'd be even more cool if they would just blow up. Um, I agree. So I, I don't know about flipping them over that, that, uh, the historian and me kind of, uh, winces at that idea maybe flit a, uh, maybe you could fix a, a broken tire or something but uh i don't know about flipping them over i think if if they get flipped over by accident then you can pretend that it got blowed up fair enough is there any plans to allow players to load double canister that'd be really cool yeah, that would <laughs> that'd be crazy, especially on a map like Burnside's Bridge or River's Crossing. So per what I've uh, seen in the community forum, some people are saying that the method of loading a cannon is very simplified from the full procedure. Are there any plans to add more steps to the loading cannon process? That's a great question. Um, you know, you have to think of things uh, as being in balance between uh, gameplay and historical accuracy. Uh, so you're absolutely right. There needs to be somebody with a thumb stock uh, blocking that, uh, you know, that fuse hole in the back uh, of the cannon to keep it from, uh, you know, any of the embers blowing up uh, the powder bag when you put in the, the shell. 
but you have to ask yourself, you know, um, what is the balance, right? Um, at some point, you you kind of go in the negative of exchanging historical accuracy procedure uh, with um, just being able to play the game, right? Um, I think that's a pretty delicate balance. Yeah, I'd agree with that. As someone who doesn't have all that knowledge, getting to know artillery when it first came out was relatively simple, and I appreciated that. Last question about artillery. So obviously we've been you guys have been working on 400 player servers and as the server cap continues to increase assuming you guys want to do that will more guns be placed in the game so that more people can go on artillery to make sure the ratio between infantry and artillery is the same you know my my sense from the community is that we we have plenty enough cannons as it is um I just I don't I don't see a, a huge demand for more more cannons, but but if we do see that, then uh, we'll certainly take it into consideration. Antietam was called artillery hell because there were a lot of cannons firing a lot of shells. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, thank you. So we're gonna move on to a broad category now: gameplay, kind of going along with artillery uh, and infantry bullets. So how far do the developers plan to go with destructible objects in-game? As we've seen, fences are now destructible. Straight fences, not snake fences. So what are plans for destructible objects like corn, buildings, snake fences, even terrain, and maybe artillery in case on's blowing up? Uh, I would love for corn to be destructible. Um, I I'm one of those uh, people that can't really stand Miller's cornfield. Um, and, you know, when you look at uh, accounts of the battle, you know, that, that corn should be getting knocked down, right, uh, by all the bullets and everything. Um, but I'm not sure in terms of technical stuff if, if you can actually have that many stalks of corn being cut down. Um, I would love to see... Caisson's limbers blow up. Um, I want to see all the fences destructible. I don't think we will probably ever see Dunker Church uh, collapse into a pile of rubble or anything quite like that. That that would be very funny if Dunker Church just every match. I feel like people would stop playing the game to just try to do that. <laughs> but so, uh, will infantry? melee be reworked in the future to have like blocking and parry and that type of stuff because it's very simple right now right two stabs you kill someone any plans with infantry melee yeah uh that, that's something that needs to be looked at uh, in time but it's uh, pretty low on our list of, of things uh, to work on or, or even to think too much about um I, I do think there needs to be some type of parry um and I'll, I'll say it, people have been begging me to say it, even maybe for the flag bearer to be able to simply parry. Uh, we will never have flag bearer melee, uh, but some sort of gesture towards self-defense, uh, you know, might be appropriate. But um, it's really low on the list. For me, uh, as, a, as a purist uh, of what this game should look like in terms of linear tactics, I would much rather see melee discouraged uh, in, in certain kind of ways. Um, I want to see less bayonet charges. 
Yeah, fair enough. So, uh, the less bayonet charge and stuff, that's why you don't want flags being able to melee. Is there any other reasons why you wouldn't want flags to melee? Yeah, I mean, it's just, um, you know, physically to be able to melee with what is basically a nine and a half foot uh, flag staff uh, is near impossible. These flags tend to be anywhere from four feet to six and a half feet. Uh, a lot of them are made in very heavy silk. They're unwieldy. Um, and in the historical record, there's just no evidence that uh, flags were used uh, as lances or, or anything like that. The finial, the ornament that is on top of the flagstaff, is a very fragile, thin piece of brass. There's nothing about it that could be... Uh, uh, useful as a as an offensive weapon, uh, the flag bearer's defense is called a color guard, and that's uh, that's kind of my position. Fair enough. Um, so on top of other roles within the game, buglers and drummer boys, they obviously don't do anything in the game right now. They just play some tunes or orders or whatever. But will there be any changes to them to? maybe give a slight boost to friendlies around it, like a, maybe a quicker reload speed. Is there any plans with that? Well, I can't speak to any plans, but but definitely there, there's something kind of anemic feeling about the musicians to me. Um, they, they just don't do anything except make noise and, and irritate people. And if you're trying to do a, you know, a flank attack, you've got this guy on his, uh, you know, on his bugle, letting the enemy know where you are um it, it could it could use um something right i mean it's, there's something missing maybe uh maybe a slight buff uh to reload or maybe uh a decrease in uh suppression there's got to be something that isn't too gamey though um yeah i i feel you on on that yeah right, that's fair so recently Buck and Ball has been changed. Originally, it was, I think it's one big shot, and then is it two or three? I think it's three maybe tiny shots. I don't remember the specifics. But they could go for a long range, and each pellet would kill, and it was a thing of beauty. But then recently, it got nerfed a lot. The drop was decreased by a lot. Uh, past the 40-yard mark, the little pellets wouldn't lethally kill someone. They would just slightly damage them. And now recently, in the most recent update, they increased the velocity of buck and ball uh, so there wouldn't be as much of a drop-off. Is Campfire Games happy where it is now, and why did they change buck and ball? Well, you can blame me for the initial change. Um, I, I love me some buck and ball, right? Uh, I've, I've killed three guys at uh, probably a range of 200 yards one time. And uh, as, as fun as it is, uh, to have, you know, basically a, a boomstick. Um, it's just not accurate, right? And I thought it was kind of funny, some of the same people in the community that have complained about uh, the, um, you know, the trajectory of K-Shot were then complaining about our changes uh, to Buckshot, which made it more accurate in terms of trajectory. Um, we'll have to see where it is now, uh, how it plays out, Um I, I was glad with the change, though. Uh, if if we're all really committed to uh, historical accuracy and, and trying to at least be authentic, um, I'm pretty happy with it. 
Fair enough. So, uh, one other question we did have. Will there be any gore updates with the game, especially when it comes to melee, like increased blood when dying, and will there be more death animations added? It wouldn't surprise me if so. That's probably the best way I can answer that. Probably a low priority, though. Very low priority. Yeah, yeah. I, I imagine the same people that would be working on those animations are, are currently employed with the horses. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, one feature that's in Hell at Loose, right? If someone teams kill you, team kills you, you have the option to punish them or not. Do you think something like that will be put in War of Rights? Because, you know, if you team kill three people, you're banned for six hours. Nothing you can do about it. Um, any thoughts on that? Uh, in terms of adding, like, a, a forgive feature? Yeah, something uh, like that. Someone teams kill you, yeah. could be like, don't, don't strike them for it. Yeah, I mean, something like that that could be uh, could be nice to have. Everything that we, we do, though, as far as, uh, you know, team damage and... We always have to be thinking about um, how can this feature be trolled, right? Um, but yeah, a, a forgive feature would probably be really nice, especially for me, because I, I uh, hit a lot of friendlies with artillery. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. So another question, there's plenty of emotes, emojis, whatever you want to call it, in the game for infantry uh, soldiers, like salute. Parade rest, right shoulder shift. Are there any plans to add any more of those? Um, I think I'm allowed to say yes. Okay. Uh, is is it a low priority? Should we see them anytime soon? Um, I know. Um, I know that we've got one that's kind of in progress. Um, but but again, the animators are going to be focused on horses. Um. So yeah, horses have main priority right now uh, over over everything. That's yeah, that's entirely understandable. So one one kind of question animators have we've kind of been talking about that for the past couple of minutes is the campfire team like are there just two or three animators that just do animation and then there's like one or two people that just do this like how is the team set up? Yeah, the uh, division of labor is kind of, um, for, for a lot of things, there's one person, like for me, I'm the one guy who works on flags. Um, you know, we've uh, got one guy working on uh, customization, uh, actually doing the implementation of it. Um, I think we have a couple of animators and a couple of, uh, uh, of coders, programmers, uh, uh, but it, the division of labor is, is very narrow. You know, we're, we're a, a small team. We're, we're trying to be efficient with our use of time i appreciate that some more gameplay questions will there ever be an ability to drop your weapon and fight players with your fist <laughs> I, I was laughing sorry yeah <laughs> um, um you know I, i'll never say never on that but um but <laughs> That's not something I would be interested in personally. That would be that would be very funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know that would be the new thing, right? I mean. Oh yeah, uh, everyone would know. just <laughs> just everything that that the community asks for. You need to first think, what would this look like in a pub match? Oh my okay. goodness. 
That'd be a thing of beauty. So when you die in-game, any thoughts to adding where your gun is dropped and other players can pick it up? I guess that includes ammo as well. Um, you know, I would like... Um, there's one thing that I do want to see eventually is to, to be able to look in my cartridge box and see how many rounds I have left. Um, it would therefore make sense to also be able to open up someone else's cartridge box and, and kind of resupply yourself. Uh, I think that would be neat. I don't think it would be uh, silly at all. Um, I don't know about picking up other people's uh, muskets, though. That, that may be a bit much in terms of... Uh, you know, what what we can do performance wise yeah another another question i did have is so i think each person has 40 ish shots is there yep, any 40 rounds yes, is sir. there any reason behind it that is the historical allotment uh, when you go into battle you've got 40 rounds oh cool so, now if we were going to be really particular uh like the bucktails would probably be down to 16 rounds uh, there but, um, yeah, 40 rounds is kind of the standard issue. Oh, that's cool to know. So, next question. Uh, will, will players ever be able to pass the flag between themselves? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't hate that idea. Um, <laughs> we, I, I won't say never. I don't hate the idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Just Again, out. you have to think what's this going to look like in a pub match, <laughs> Ring right? <around> the <laughs> Um so one person commented in Field Report 47, I don't know how long ago that was. It was mentioned that the developers are working on new weapon sounds. Are these still being worked on? Um you know, I don't know what's going on with the sound team. Um I I haven't peeked in on that in a while, so uh I don't know what's uh, don't know what's going on with that. Yeah. So thank you for that. Uh, we're gonna move on to game promotion type questions now. So Campfire Games has taken the approach to not advertise their game a whole lot. And what I mean by that is like not giving Steam keys to large YouTubers. You kind of just let the game expose itself with people making videos and such. Is there any reason why you guys decide to take this approach? Um, well, I, I can just say, you know, we don't have a, a massive advertising budget uh, as far as giving out free keys. Uh, I don't know, you know, the history behind all of that. Uh, you know, I've only been part of the team about three and a half years, I guess. Uh, but I do know that in the very beginning, uh, I think there were a few keys given out. And unfortunately, some of the uh, people uh, that we gave keys to didn't try the game. Um, and so it just, it wasn't, a good return for us. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, another question. the When the Kickstarter was announced for this game, there was a lot of benefits people could get for supporting the game at a certain price. When will those benefits be added to the game? Yeah, we want those out pretty soon. Um, you know, we, we had, I think we had kind of said in the crowdfunding uh uh, text that it would be as the game comes out officially when it's finished that's when everything will be uh, be available um, but we haven't forgot about that stuff is is the thing to say yeah and speaking of game coming out 
when do you guys plan to come out of alpha is there a type of roadmap um when do you plan to come out of alpha i really don't know that 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 wouldn't be uh that wouldn't be my call yeah that's fair so one thing trusty did mention in the war of rights discord a while ago was he was asking community members thoughts on another way to support the game financially other than a kickstarter for example have you guys thought about doing things like a Patreon system or like having War of Rights merch or selling DLC art or stuff like that? Have you guys thought of other ways like the ones I just mentioned for helping uh, veteran players of the game support the game financially? Yeah, we've talked about it a lot. Um, it's, it's, it's so cool how many people have you know approached us and said, look, I already bought your game but I want to help you with more money. Uh, you know, that that's really cool when, when people have that much uh, faith in, in your product. Uh, of course, like, you know, I increased my uh, crowdfunder too. Like I, I get it. Um, we definitely want to do something. We're just, uh, we're kicking around some ideas right now. Uh, I know a lot of people want a t-shirt and I do too. <laughs> that would be very cool. So now the last category of this is just, kind of a broad game development um, as a whole for War of Rights. So does the current state of War of Rights align with the original expectations that you guys had for the game? Well, it has been kind of neat to see, you know, how has the vision changed? Um, you know, when I started off uh, playing, my understanding was that there was going to be a historical mode. Um, and then as, as, as time uh, went on and as development progressed, basically skirmishes is that historical mode. Um, so it is kind of neat to see, you know, how does uh, how does our, our our game look different than than the way it was pitched, uh, you know, a decade ago or however long ago it was. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry that may not answer the question at all. But. No, that's uh, that that's good enough for me. So speaking of game modes, um, you guys started with Drill Camp, then Skirmish, and you got Conquest and Contention. Do you guys plan on adding anything more like a linear mode with multiple uh, capture points like High Let Loose, like the Warfare game mode they have, like a Siege mode, Commander Bot Battles? Have you guys thought of any new game modes, uh, or do you plan on putting any new game modes in the game? We kick around a few ideas. Uh, I would like to see Picket Patrol revisited. Um, I forgot about that. And, and get some, some love. Um, yeah. So one other thing is mentioning about the vision changing. Changing. There was a roadmap released in 2018. It's kind of outdated at this point, and people have been asking for a new roadmap. Is there any plans to just release a simple roadmap for the future? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't. Uh, maybe I would be a proofreader on that, but um, yeah, that that would not be my call. Yeah, fair enough. So you said you kind of came in a little bit later, and so this might you might not know this, but um, do you know why CryEngine was chosen for this game? And do you know if anyone's ever thought of going to something else like Unreal or Unity? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. And that is fair. So, 
throughout my years of playing War of Rights, there's been a constant issue with transparency from the developers. We will sometimes not hear anything about what's being worked on. Sure, we know like horses, a map creator, character customization. We know that stuff is being worked on, but it's not like we hear a weekly or a monthly report from the developers. Is there any reason why the devs don't like to just update us every week or month about the progress of their game? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't uh, ever feel the need to, to tell people what I'm working on with flags, <laughs> you know. Um, it's just kind of, it, it's when it's done, then you find out about it. That, that's just kind of my perspective is, is, uh, as a texture artist. Uh, as far as CG um, is concerned, uh, you know, I don't know how how normal is that for developers to give the you know the community a weekly update. Uh, you know, I, I can think of a few games that I follow, and uh, when you get a patch or an update, that's that's when you hear from the developers. Uh, you know, it's not a constant contact thing. Um, I will say, you know, we've tried to uh, be a lot better about uh, being in touch with you guys. It's not just you know this interview, but. Uh, you know, I finally got on the Discord, and so I try to interact with people there. Uh, and even in game, I try to talk to people and answer questions, with, which questions I can't answer. Um, we we definitely understand that the community wants to hear what we're doing right now. Right, we get it. Would you Would you say another reason as well is because, like mentioned at the beginning of this, you said you don't want to give an ETA on things, so you don't want to put stuff that you're working on and then scrap it and people be like, what the heck? Yeah, I mean, you know, my example that I used was even a simple flag. Um, you know, somebody called me a liar because, I, uh, you know, I said I was going to get a correction done in a week, and it ended up being maybe two weeks or something like that. It's, it's just, uh, you know, why put a deadline uh, on, on something like that? Yeah, that is fair. Uh, speaking of canceling things, have you guys ever worked on something and then scrapped it entirely? Uh, I've had to, um, <laughs> um, but I don't know if there's been anything you know major that that uh, was a, a huge time sink for us that we just lost everything. I, I don't know if there's been anything quite like that. Well, that is, ah, that's fair. So, are there any plans for implementing a tutorial into game, whether it be the first time you hop on the game, it, the game like goes through a drill camp and be like, hit B to put on Bayonet, or like maybe as you hop on the game, there are like mini pop-ups that show you how to play. Any thoughts on implementing a tutorial? Yeah, you know, I've heard, you know, I've listened to, to what other people have said, and, you know, some players say, I hate that stuff. You know, stop trying to hold my hand. Just let me play the game, right? I'll figure out how to put on a bayonet. Um, and then I've heard other people say, I want to spawn into the game and then have, a, you know, a drill sergeant uh, bot tell me, uh, you know, to do this, that, or the other. I think the community is pretty mixed on that. Um, I, I don't know. It, it'd be nice. It, it'd be nice to add that eventually, uh, but to make it maybe optional for people who want to do it if they want to do it. Yeah, that sounds like a good compromise. Another question. So to enhance, enhance playability, in which aspects of the game did you need to compromise the most on historical accuracy? Oh, that's a great question. Um, 
Uh, artillery would be a big, a big one, I think. Um, you know, like you said, there's a lot of steps, uh, step by step, to fire a cannon. One of the things that you have to do is you have to reference a table, uh, a range table. Um, I'm kind of, uh, I'm, I'm on board for torturing the player and making them go to the limber box and dial in manually on the, uh, on the shell how many seconds uh, the, the fuse will be set to. Um, but I'm not sure that would translate well to, to a game where you want people to play and have fun. <laughs> uh, so artillery would probably be a big one, I think. Yeah, that's quite interesting to uh, hear, especially as someone who doesn't know as much of the gritty details of history. So, yeah, so the, way, the way it would work is, you know, you would have, uh, you know, your captain or whatever, the battery, he figures a range. Uh, sometimes he'd use a stadia or other times probably just he would eyeball it and say, let's send a shell, um, you know, about uh, 1,200 yards adjust to, and then he'd look at the table and tell you how many seconds to dial it in. All of that work happens at the back of the battery by the limber. And then some poor pitiful soul has to run up to the front of the gun uh, with a shell that is already dialed in. Um, none of this uh, gamey stuff where you put it in the cannon and then it tells you how many uh, yards it's uh, aimed at. Huh. That's actually crazy. <laughs> so uh, I don't know when the company tool was released. All I know is it's very old. Will the company tool ever be implemented into the game or used going forward? Is it just a relic at this point? Yeah, it's. Um, I, I would love to see integration. Um, I think it's important to, um, you know, to really uh, embrace the uh, the clan side of the community. Um, you know, I tend to play mostly pubs, but uh, you know that's a vital part of uh, this game is uh, the organizations. Uh, I would love to see some work uh, done with that, uh, but again, that's um, that would be a pretty significant job. And right now, we're focused on on other stuff. Yeah, that's fair. So, uh, one other question about the game modes: so, conquest and contention. Uh, are there any plans going forward to update or change, like where flagpoles are at, or just how the game works as a whole? Because I know for myself, when I play Conquest, it sometimes just feels like you're running around the whole map, lowering, raising a flag, and then running to the next thing and doing that. And contention is a big RNG issue. I would prefer something more linear. So is there any plans to change Conquest and contention, uh, stuff like that? Yeah, I think they're still very much in development. Um, you know, we need to give these things a lot of time to play out. Um you know, because we not only have organized play, uh, but we also have public play, and we need to see how do how do these game modes work in both conditions. Um, and uh, I, I don't think those are necessarily finished uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I also kind of like the linear style. Uh, uh, you know, I I always liked Rush and Conquest to to go back to the battlefield days. Um, but yeah, they're they're definitely not set in stone. That is that is great to hear. Uh, another thing that you guys have been working on for a while is 400 player servers. Um, we've been testing them a lot. 
Is there any reason why they aren't released? Yeah, it's um, it's a stability thing. Um, I, I don't think we're quite uh, happy yet with where it's at. Is that more of a like a CryEngine issue, a G Portal issue, or a client side? I'm really not sure uh, where the you know where the hangup is, um, but uh, it needs a little bit more work. Fair enough. Uh, so obviously, 400 players. Does Campfire Games want to go past that? Uh, I'd like to see a thousand someday. Um, you know, we'll, we'll push it as as far as it will work. Um, yeah, that would be that'd be a heck of a day. By the way, that's not confirmed. One thousand <laughs> yeah. servers. Yeah. It's just something I would love to see. <laughs> it'd be very cool. I would agree. So, is there any plans to add new types of cannons, guns, or swords into the game? Well, we've definitely got the models done uh, for you know more more artillery. Uh, if I remember right, we had a twenty-four pounder James. I think we have some six pounders done. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if we eventually see those in action. Uh, personally, I'd love to see a 20-pounder parrot. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think we're done there. In, in terms of small arms, uh, I would love to see maybe some cadet models of, uh, you know, maybe a Springfield cadet model. Um, th there's definitely more we can add. That is exciting to hear as well. Another, another thing, are any new regiments going to be added to the game? Well, they'll have to be because we are going to do Shepherdstown. It's just a matter of time. Um, so um, all of you can pull up the order of battle and look at the map and, and speculate as to which regiments we might go with. Uh, but yeah, there'll be more. So one of the recent updates, the XP update, originally got a lot of backlash. Uh, what was your guys' reaction to the community's backlash on that update? <laughs> Um, well, you know, it's, it's never a good feeling, uh, when, you know, you work on something and everybody hates it, right? <laughs> you, yeah. you don't want to feel that way. Um, we made adjustments, um, you know, especially with addressing the concern that people had of, you know, what about honoring the time that we've already invested? Uh, you know, nobody with 1,500 hours wants to start off at zero XP. Um, and we get that, uh, we had to, do some some hurdles to actually make it work um mainly our our issue was technical uh, it was kind of out of our hands to a certain extent um but it was a necessary change i, I think uh, we were pretty uh, sure that what we were doing while it wouldn't be popular uh, to begin with especially with what we were seeing with returns um and negative reviews uh, that uh, when it came to pub play, we had to come up with a way that made sense to um, sort of gatekeep who was spawning in with the artillery and who was taking up the officer class. Uh, we had to do something about that because it was it was pretty bad. I mean, uh, you know, some some of you guys uh, play pubs with me, and 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 you know what I'm talking about. One officer uh, who doesn't know what he's doing because he just bought the game and is innocently just trying to have fun, uh, not only ruins the experience for everybody else around him, but, uh, you know, he's also getting called names and, 
and uh you know getting team killed and stuff like that and it was just a it was a bad situation it was creating uh, creating refunds and negative reviews uh so it's something that we needed to do so while we certainly felt uh uh, pretty bad about uh, everyone hating it. At the same time, we knew that uh, if we stayed the course, made adjustments, that it would be okay in the end. Yeah, I'd agree. I I really like that update a lot. I mean, when I first got the game, I think my second match, I decided to go after. Terrible decision, uh, but I think in the end, it worked out beautifully. Um, last couple questions for this uh, interview. Um, is there any plans to add generals in the game? I think there was something on Kickstarter about adding uh, what was the two I Hooker forgot. and Jackson. Yeah, are there um, are those still in the plans? Yeah, we're we're kind of kicking around ideas. Um, you know, what's that going to look like? Uh, what sort of uh, functionality would a would a general have? Um, what would you do? Right? What what would you? Um, how would you edify the 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 team? Um, so yeah, they'll they'll be there. We're just not sure what what is that going to look like. We're, we're not we're not too sure. Uh, again, though, we always welcome uh, the community to kind of speculate and talk about it because uh, we might hear an idea that we like. Yeah. So there's been releases from Pingu. I think I said that right. Sorry if I said it wrong. But he's been releasing the French uh, mods into the game. If you don't know what those are, those are client-side mods, so it's not like everyone else in a server is forced to see British and French stuff. If a player puts those client-side files in his uh, game files, he'll see it, but no one else will. Uh, what's the Campfire game stance on mods? Yeah, we uh, we don't uh, support or, or endorse mods. Uh, uh, we we've followed along with Pingu. Uh, we're, we're very interested in in what he's doing and what he's able to do. Uh, uh, he's he's an excellent modeler. Uh, his textures look great too. Um, but uh, our our position is we don't endorse or support any kind of mod. Yeah. So the last question I had um, is: so we've talked about a lot of priority, like horses are top priority and stuff like that. What would you say is the top five? priority things that campfire games is working at right now horses uh for sure um optimization is a big one um little little things in the ui have, have really bugged me and and so i'm i'm trying to slowly take care of uh you know missing icons and that sort of thing um little things like that I think um, go a long way in terms of the, the look and feel and polish of the game. Um, character customization is, is a big thing. And uh, yeah, I think, I think uh, improving the, you know, contention and um, updating picket patrol, things like that. Uh, yeah. There, there is a, it's a lot longer list uh, <laughs> when I start to think about it. Yeah, no, that's, that's entirely fair. Well, uh, that's all the questions I had. Again, thank you to the community for sending all those questions my way. I hope a lot of those were answered. Again, I'd like to thank Bradley for being here. Myself and I, a lot of people will appreciate this greatly as it's not like opportunities like these shows up every once in a while. Uh, is there anything you would like to plug or say before we call it a day? No, I'm, I mean, I'll say thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm always always glad to just chat with people about war of rights. Um, this is a passion project uh, for us. 
Um, this is not just a, a job to me. It's something that uh, I'm very committed to seeing finished and have it uh, be um, you know, something that is lasting and has enduring uh, uh, lasting power. Uh, so, yeah, anytime you want me to, to hop on the show, I'm, I'd be glad to do it. Well, I appreciate it. After this stream is done, I'll put the official War of Rights Discord link and the link to the uh, Steam page for War of Rights. And with that all being said, thank you all for tuning in. I hope a lot of your questions were answered. Please like, comment, share, subscribe for more. Join our Discord and support us on Patreon where you can get behind-the-scenes videos and videos before everyone else. I'm also going off to college tomorrow, so I won't be broadcasting for a while. If you want to broadcast on this channel events, it'd be a great help. Message me on Discord. And yeah, with that being said, thank you, Bradley. Thank you, everyone, for the questions. I hope you enjoyed. I hope you're informed. With that being said, have a great night or day, everyone, wherever you're at. See you in the next one.